0: Hello and welcome to this somewhat special edition of the Russian Football News Podcast. Uh, We know we brought you the last podcast only last week, but there have been some major developments over the weekend with three Russian Premier League managers resigning from their posts. We'd have Dmitry Alenichev resigning from Spartak, swiftly followed by Kurban Berdia from Rostov. And then in the last 24 hours or so, we've had uh, Igor Cherevchenko from Lokomotiv Moscow. So I'm joined by a couple of guests on this special podcast, as per usual, anchoring the midfield. As per usual, we've got Andrew Flint. Hello. Good to be back, Thomas. Good. And then we've got the, I don't know, the, the super Andrei Arshavin substitute, maybe. a Another appearance for Ilya. Uh, hi, every Hello. Well, let's just uh, dive straight in here. So, we'll start with, we'll go in chronological order. We'll start with Alenicev. So, Andrew, bit of a odd decision. I mean, he won 4-0 the f- opening fixture, but then a loss in the Europa League to Cypriot side, AEK Larnaca cost him his job.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of an odd one, really. Um, I mean, I said last summer I thought he might be on... Uh, not last, last winter, sorry. That you know he might he'll be given to the end of the season, and then either in the summer he'll be let go if he didn't hand on well enough. But it's just odd timing, really. You know, after a couple of games, I mean, A.K. Larnaca was an embarrassing result, of course. Um, I mean, it really isn't. I don't think you can be accused of being patronizing towards them. I mean, Spartak must beat them. They have to beat them at home. Um, but that in itself, I don't think, was the reason for it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it was a strange one because you thought with Jano coming back into goal-scoring form, um, keeping Quincy promise, I thought was a great bit of, well, whether it was needed negotiation or whether they just um, didn't receive enough offers. I thought they were looking in, in pretty good shape. So, yeah, it is a bit of a shock, really. Um, uh, and though I have to say it's going to be damaging for both the club and for Elaine Chef in my opinion. Um, I can't see where Elaine Chef will go next after this. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: But, Ilya, we're all acting like Alenyshev was sacked, but the official word is that he resigned. But do we suspect he was pushed here rather than walked on his own accord? Uh, I don't know.
2: Like, I think maybe even if he resigned himself, uh, uh, it was confirmed by the club. So the the club let him go, and uh, it means that uh, both sides actually wanted this. And uh, I, I think that uh, Fedun is uh, definitely chasing... Perdih, so uh, he would be happy to um, to confirm this decision, even if uh, it was uh, chips uh, desire to uh, leave Spartak.
0: Yeah, I mean, put it this way, Andrew, Fedun didn't exactly reject the applica- the application to resign, did he?
1: Well, no, um, and I think what we've seen with, uh, well, we'll come on to the other dismissals, resignations, and. Um, Later, but I think it seems to be a common theme. And a public statement is probably very far from the actual truth. Um, I mean, Ferdinand was well, well known for being fairly, well, uh, brutal with his decisions, um, and it's just not helped the continuity at the club. I um, it's it's a it's a hard one, really. If you're, I mean, I'll, I'll say a slight defence of Ferdinand, that If you're an owner, you you either get criticised for for not taking action or um, or you get criticised for being too trigger happy um, and at least he did give chef a bit bit longer than you know, even the media and the public were saying he might get um, but just, it, again I just come back to it. it's just the the timing of it the timing of it suggests to me that it wasn't to do with chef because by now um, if the transfer market had not been successful for them if he hadn't been backed how he'd wanted um, he would have gone before now I'm sure and um, it's just, it's just very, very clear. I think that he was pushed, in my opinion.
0: But Elio, I was going to say, I'm generally quite a defender of Alienichev. Like I said, he had the four 0 win last week, had a good end of the season. So why, why has there been this perception that he's doing quite badly, and that seems to have cost him his job in the end?
2: Oh, well, he just beat a Arsenal Tula, one of the weakest
0: team in the. and then I'm talking about sorry I'm talking about the end of last season as well where they did quite well
2: uh well yeah they did but uh um, many people especially Spartak fans and experts like uh, Igor Rabiner for example weren't quite happy with the style Spartak played because uh, when he came to the club uh, I remember um, everybody were happy about it I met uh, Sergei Rodonov who at that time uh, headed the uh, Spartak Academy, and uh, uh, he was uh, very satisfied with the choice of Alenichev. Uh, he, I, I think, um, all people expected that uh, Alenichev will bring this, bring back the the famous Spartak style, style attacking football, and uh, that uh, everything uh, young players learn in the academy how to play Spartak football, uh, they will. They'll be able to show it in the main team, but when we see a Spartak, which uh, wins one-nil against Rostov with uh, like all uh, people behind the ball, we see that uh, Spartak actually plays with five defenders may- many times, and that uh, Alenishv is not uh, the man they they expected, and uh, uh, people just realize that it's not. <laughs> He's not like carping, He's uh, because everybody loved carping. He he didn't get the results uh, uh, people wanted, but uh, the football was uh, really exciting. It looked almost like uh, the real Spartan. And then Alaniachev, uh, yeah, sh- shows this style, and it's okay. But uh, uh, you gotta get some results with with that. Uh, Uh, But it's defensive football, and if you don't get them, if you uh, lose to Europa League side, if you get just fifth place and uh, don't fight for a title like uh, other clubs did, um, well, people are not happy about that. And uh, even uh, at the end of last season, many uh, experts in the media, most of them are actually Spartak fans, we all know that, unhappy about uh, LNG fan. Even some of them told Fed, told that Fadon should uh, find another coach. Uh, even uh, there were suggestions about Berdiyev from Spartak fans, and it, it uh, is uh, really surprising because uh, uh, everything Spartak fan wants is attacking football, and Berdiyev is just the opposite. But People are tired of Spartak not winning anything for uh, 15 years. So uh, I- it wasn't actually surprising for
0: me. Oh, fair enough. But, Andrew, Ilya talks about their Spartak fans not happy about the title. But the only club I can think of who sacks their manager or, or gets rid of him pretty much every season, and it for them it acts like a sort of kick for the squad on every season, is Watford, who have done it for the last few seasons. Did it with uh, Flores in the summer. Did it with uh, Slavici, mm. I can't Jukanovic I in mm. the season before. But you can't just give a manager a season and then go, oh, that's not enough. Do you, do you see what I mean? Yeah, I too I totally agree. Um,
1: and especially for a club that places so much currency on the, the Spartak way, I get a bit sick and tired of every club saying, well, it's, you know, this manager's got do to you play Dar- our way. Do you
0: remember Derby County had it last season?
1: God, who is, is it? Uh, Paul Clement, was at the yeah, beginning Paul of the Clement, season? Yeah, and
0: then he got sacked for not playing the Derby way, whatever that is.
1: I mean, is, uh, does anybody even know what that is? I mean, I mean, the truth is, everybody would love to see their club playing attractive football and winning. Um, and I think Ilya makes a good point. I mean, you know, a few years ago, a manager of Berdy's character and playing style would not have been chosen or welcomed at all. But, you know, it's uh, winning is starting to overtake. The, you know, take precedence over the Spartak way, whatever they claim that to be. Um, and it, it's the way of all clubs. I mean, you there, there is a bit of romance about you know going down with a fight, you know, blaze of glory attacking all guns, you know, losing 4 3 one week and winning 3 2 the next, whatever it is. But if it's not enough to stay up to, to get into Europe to win titles, then fans will eventually um, turn to someone else. And I, I do see it. I do see Berdier, um actually working out quite well because he doesn't seem like the sort of guy who's going to hang around um, and have his time wasted. Um, so if they do bring him in, it'll either work or he'll be gone pretty quickly and they'll move on to someone else. Um, but you're absolutely right. You can't. You can't just give one season. Um, so you've got to have time to to genuinely build your team. I mean, look at. Um, look at Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp, I mean he comes with a great reputation um, and Liverpool were, what did they finish 7th last season? I can't remember exactly where they, fin- they didn't, it wasn't a great finish, um, but he's been given until this season to make his own transfers, put his own stamp on the side and I'm fairly sure Liverpool will be much healthier for it next season um, whether Elenich would have the same effects, I don't know exactly but like I said earlier, I do feel like they're better prepared, so it, it's just all very odd. I mean, you, you, it's like, you know, criticising him for the mistake that you're enforcing by not giving him enough time, so yeah, it's very strange for me.
0: So, Ilya, Andrew said towards the start of this discussion that Alenichev's reputation is probably quite damaged now in Russia. Would you argue the same? Wh- wh- where would you see him heading next? Oh, of course
2: as i suggested in uh, russian football new chest. his next stop is uh, arsenal tula uh, uh, because uh, the fans there uh, arsenal really loved love him and they were surprised uh, uh, and i was surprised when they hired Sergey pavlov who is like uh, old style coach and he is a very experienced but yeah uh, it's just uh, uh Surprising that he's still uh, working on the club. He's he, he gotta just rest on his daughter on the countryside. So, uh, they will be, I, I think they'll be happy to bring back Alenichiv and uh, they will fire Pavlov uh, the, the next day. Alenichiv says that he's ready to uh, become a head coach of Arsenal uh, and. Uh, People really love them. They don't be angry if Arsenal again uh, returns to FNL with the Chief And uh, I think they this club just uh, fits him best. And uh, he, he can do anything there. He can play with five defenders. He can play with two defenders. He can play with ten defenders. It doesn't matter because I'll just say a bad word to him about
0: that. What I was going to say was he's actually got quite a good reputation across Europe with from his Porto days, for example. Do you think he could possibly move there? Uh, with the latest results, I think no,
2: because he couldn't make a team of a Spartak. And um, with all the resources he had, all the money, all the players who are actually quite good, like Promise, he was just fifth uh, last season. Uh, all the experience he has is uh, Arsenal, Tula, and uh, he also failed at uh, Zborne youth teams. He trained, he, he coached uh, some Russia youth teams and uh, didn't uh, succeed at all. So uh, I think that he can get an offer from countries like Poland, like Cherchesov did. Uh, may- maybe some uh, weak teams in Portugal who fight for relegation. L- like An offer like Carpen received, but uh, I'm not sure that uh, Alanji will, ha- will be happy about it and will
0: accept such offers. Fair enough. But, Andrew, we've seen that Spartak hired the assistant manager, my, my Italian's not good, Massimo Carrera, uh, a few weeks mm-hmm. ago as an assistant to Alenicev. Now, that says to me, personally, that says we plan to fire Alenichev and install this guy's head coach. Is that how you would read it?
1: Well, given his his background, um, it does seem that way because he's well, he's, he's had a history with the uh, under Antonio Conte, of the Italian national team, and at Juventus. Um, I mean, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna persuade attract a guy who's had that sort of pedigree um, without at least some sort of promise of of more authority and control um i mean we saw i saw him on the touchline um uh, this weekend and he was so animated he really looked um pretty fired up and my understanding is he's being given at least the next game as well um so even if we do hear him the next few hours days that bedev or someone else is appointed he'll at least have a couple of games whether that will become an audition um who knows um it's it, all the talk has been about If It's been so focused on him. I'm just wondering whether we, we're actually missing what's right under our noses and that they have actually prepared for this already. And it was, you know, aside from looking like a bit of a, a mess, it actually was a plan. Um, give Elaynish one last chance, and if not, well, we've already got the guy in. So I'd be interested to see in the next few days and weeks what um, – what comments, if any, um, we, we see about Alenichev towards Carrera if he mentions him and what his role was in bringing him to the club, but it does seem an odd appointment, I agree.
0: But, Ilya, everyone's talking about Berdiev here, and we are we are guilty as anybody, obviously, but you've mentioned the Spartak style earlier. What's that all about? Surely Carrera would be a better appointment here. Well, uh, I actually know nothing but.
2: Style, but I but think I'm just thinking
0: uh, in terms of that he's he's been at Spartak for longer, so he must have some understanding of the philosophy there.
2: Well, yeah, he, he maybe he does, but uh, well, I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm not a Spartak fan. But I, I'm against uh, Berdichev coming to Spartak, and not because the team may become stronger, but uh, it uh, will be bad both for the club and for for defense because they, they of course they expect the result they want Berdim to bring the result they want but if he comes for example second uh, there will be also there'll be many comparisons with uh, uh Carpin, who also was second and other many other coaches like churches of Fedotov who uh, brought the same result and uh, you know, with the style, with not so defensive style. So, uh, it's kind of strange that everyone wants him to uh, uh, become a head coach of the club. So, as for Carrera, um, I'm not sure I I should understand. I don't know about the players' uh, attitude and what what they actually think about him. Uh, Because Carrera was a replacement for Ananco, uh, one of the Aleinikov's assistant, and uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Aleinikov and Titov weren't happy about such uh, substitution. I don't know what players thought about it, because if there was some spirit, if there was some connection between the staff and players, and then uh, some guy from Italy comes, and maybe they're not, they weren't happy about it, and maybe the the relations between Carrera and players are not uh, so good, so we should know
0: more about it to uh, to, to decide. So Andrew, Ilio's has pretty much just confirmed it to me though, saying that Alinić probably wasn't that happy about Carrera. To me, that sounds like he's got the job.
1: Um, yeah, I think you, I think you may um, may well be right there. Um, I think that what I've noticed is the I've been reading Carrera's comments um in, in the media this morning and last night, and he's he's stressed very clearly that there's a there's a big difference in what he's seen between um the coaching philosophy in uh, in Italy or his experience at least and what he's seen so far in Russia. And he's stressed that you know in Italy we prepare tactically very important. It's all about knowing you know, giving players knowledge of exactly what their role is at all times um, in the match, which suggests to me that his opinion is there wasn't that preparation before. Now, if he's taking that much thought um, and care about the exact manner of, I mean, not all coaches, of course, will have their own philosophy, but he seems to be very, very focused on this. It seems that he must have been given some sort of, if not assurances, then encouragement that, look, you're going to be taking a stronger role, a more important role. Um, I mean, part of me thinks that because he's not been a a head coach before, at least not directly in the limelight, it might not be the worst appointment of all time because Berdiev's reputation in Russia is, um, is of course, very strong, um, but it's very closely linked to a specific style. And like Ilya mentioned, he who might end up getting compared to previous perhaps more popular, with Spartak fans at least, um, previous managers. So, to bring in Carrera, he, he's got to battle potentially winning over a completely new um, uh, philosophy and mentality of the players, but it might actually be to his benefit to have to do so, because anybody will have to do that, um, unless they do return to even Carpin himself. Um, as far as I understand, Carpenter's has denied any approach, so I don't see that happening again. But um, I think it could work in his favour. I think it could work in his favour because, you know, it, it'll be, it's uh, he's, he's almost like a clean slate. He's got to challenge the cultural differences. But once he's done that, um, you know, it's, it, he won't be compared in the same way that someone like Berdiev might be. So could be could be
0: a sensible move. So, final word on Spartak from both of you. Just a one word answer. Ilya, who's going to be next to take the reins at Spartak? Just give me a name. Uh, Berdiev. Okay, and Andrew? Berdiev. Okay, so I both th- games. I,
1: th- I think Carrera possibly should be, but I think but I Berdiev will be. Okay. Well, you know, if
2: you want to know the next coach of Spartak, when he and the team, you should follow on Twitter the guy with the nickname A. Nobelito. Uh, Because he knows everything. It's like the greatest insider
0: in Russia after Russian football news, of course. Uh, (laughs) So just check (laughs) him out, yeah. So that's one for the listeners and us, of course. But seeing as we're talking about Berdiev, let's talk about his resignation now from Rostov. Went on Friday night. So, Andrew, several reasons behind this, really. You know, transfer ban... Vacancy at Spartak, I guess. Vacancy at the Russian national team, which I'm sure we'll get onto. But generally, all things not right at Rostov.
1: Yeah, it's it's disappointing for the neutral to see after the fairy tale of last, well, almost even m- most incredible fairy tale, had they uh, had they picked to the title, and um, to then see the mess that is engulfing them right now. Um, I suspect a large part of the reason, probably the biggest part of the reason, is the the lack of significant backing in the transfer market. Um, I mean, you know, we've seen uh, we've seen how he has the utmost loyalty of, of uh, you know, a group of players, and I'll, I'll pick out Cesar Navas, because he's, he's a clear, easy example at the back. Um, you know, he's his leader, and um, he's had other players in Naboa as well. Um, so, you know, on the one hand, you might say, well, odd decision to leave. You've got a set of players who are loyal to you, and but on the other hand, if he has any ambition, and you'd imagine he would do, given that he's he's managed to win the title with Rubin a few years ago, um, he needs. He's, everybody has to improve the squad. You know, you're entering the Champions League with um, with the same squad. It's it's, it's not particularly. It's, well, it's not ambitious. And but I think hang, that's on, hang on a
0: second, Shirley. But surely, to be ambitious for Berdiev is to play in the Champions League, and he's got that opportunity with the Rostov. He's not going to get that wherever he goes next.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he's made that step up. But, um, you know, I mean, if I was in Berdy of shoes, I'd want to at least not... I, I sound patronising to say they will em- embarrass themselves. I don't think they will. But he would want to have at least a fighting chance. And, you know, Rostov got a sort of side, in my opinion, who will... If Berdy of stayed, let's just imagine none of this... Um, mess with managers resigning left-right centre and rumours of Berdiev to Spartak or Spornia. Imagine none of that was there. Berdiev stayed and there was no transfer ban. Rostov would be near the top of the table, um, at least challenging, I think, fairly comfortably without needing a huge amount of transfer activity. You go into the Champions League and if he gets to... If he gets to be drawn against uh you know a big glamorous club if they get through the the final qualifier, well sure that is a victory in itself but you'd want to do just a bit more than that i think um perhaps it's biting off more than you can chew but i do think a just one or two decent name players perhaps not world class but good experienced european experience players might have made the difference um but perhaps he's just fed up with the transfer bands coming in every few months
0: so That's what I see. So, with we said a lot last season that Rostov, although they didn't get the title in the end, they were the Russian Leicester City. Seasons before, they were down near the bottom of the table, but suddenly they've just exploded into this great vein of form over the last season, challenging for the title. But that was obviously, all of that really was down to Berdiev. Is this now the downfall of Rostov? (coughs) Yeah, I'm pretty
2: sure about it. Uh, you remember last season we had uh, a podcast uh, before the winter break And uh, I was asked uh, what place will Rostov get at the end. Uh, They were second uh, before the winter break. I I said that uh, I think that they wouldn't even get uh, European place or maybe they will fight for Europa League spots. They suddenly became second. I was very surprised because I heard uh, some rumors about financial state in the club, uh, what's going on, that it's a real mess. And uh, uh, today uh, there is an article uh, in uh, Sports Express uh, about what's going on in Rostov, what actually happened in Rostov and um, what was the reason be- behind Berdia's decision and uh, I suggest that everyone should read about it uh, 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 just to copy and paste to Google Translate if you don't uh, you understand Russian. Can you
0: just give us a quick outline of what the article says? Just Yeah, so uh, first, uh, like
2: there is a lot of stuff, uh, uh, and it's really hard to get a quick. But uh, for example, uh, we know the player Bastos. He he's a real good, a really good transfer. And uh, the article suggests that Berdiv, uh found money for him himself. He had to find find money. He didn't get. Uh, uh, the money from the club, he had to look for it since, uh, himself to find money to to buy busters He also bought uh, drugs, medicaments uh, on his own money. So he spent his own money to buy buy that. Uh, the players, the staff, uh, no, not players, maybe the staff. His assistant didn't have contracts, and of course, he were they weren't paid. So Berdiev uh, had argues. Uh, with the owner uh, and uh, he insisted that uh, everybody should be paid and he actually succeeded so uh, already got their money and uh, then uh, the final thing Berdiev was uh, accused of match fixing when they uh, lost to Mordovia thing and uh, uh, the, the owner Savidi accused him of match fixing and that was the moment they uh, stop talking and uh, uh, it, it was uh, <coughs> actually suggested by Russian media that uh, the the reason behind the thepertive decision is conflict with Savidi and uh, as far as I understand uh, uh, that conflict was after Savidi's uh, accusation of uh, match fixing so and, uh, and many other things uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm not surprised about that decision after uh, such information I, I'm pretty sure that if uh, these things happening in the club uh, uh, it's hard to find a coach who could help them to uh, continue such uh, uh, performance, especially if we know that Berdiv uh, was uh, responsible not only for the football but also for trying to find money for staff and for buying players. Uh, so they, <laughs> they must hire another guy who who will be ready to do such uh, work. Uh, Spend like his own off money. On, on a off-pitch, yeah, right. So uh, I don't believe that they, they will, they'll be able to succeed and I actually won't be surprised if they go to FNL this season
0: so quite the prediction from ilia rostov for relegation so judging by what ilia said there and some really shocking details coming out of that through that sport express article there andrew um with perhaps birdie looking for stability rather than ambition he sees an opportunity to leave looks at the Spartak Mm. position the russia position things right you know not going to have to spend my own money going to generally get decent backing just perhaps Mm. a stability issue
1: yeah uh, that, that would make a lot of sense um I mean, I, I can't believe, like I said, I mean, what what it is mentioned in that article. Um, I'm not surprised that, that um that level of detail has come out because financial reasons had to be behind it really. Um, you know, to I mean to to do so well with Rostov last season with the players he had. Um, you know, on a sporting sense, that's just you can't get much better than that almost. Um, so yeah, I, I can't believe we're saying this, but the stability of Spartak is what is attracting him to the job. I mean, it doesn't sound right in a sentence that, but um, yeah, you may well be right. I mean, we uh, the whole, you know, whole podcast and a lot of what the media has been saying the last week or so is that it's a foregone conclusion that it's Spartak, but perhaps it isn't Spartak. Perhaps it will be um, Spornier, um the national side. Um, I actually have a sneaking suspicion that um, he might be better suited to the national side simply because um, he really will be undisturbed for most of the year um, and and pretty much anybody who can get any semblance of order out of the Russian national team will be seen as a hero by the RFU in my opinion so um, I mean whilst Spartak undoubtedly will have you know, better finances than Rostov there is the issues that we mentioned earlier with Elenichev, the comparisons comparison to previous more popular heroes, the the expectation, the the lack of patience of Fiedun, Um That itself is a is a risk, I think for for Bedev. So, in, in my personal opinion, it might even be national team that would make better sense for him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, who would take over Rostov now? Um, it would be a brave man. A very brave man indeed. And I honestly can't think who would, who would take the job. So um, it is looking fairly
0: potentially fairly bleak for Rostov. I was going to come back to who was going to take the Rostov job in a second. But Ilya, I wanted to come to you about Berdiev and possibly going to the Russian national team. Um, first of all, your reaction to Andrew's comments that you think he'd be better suited to the national team. But also, how would the Russian public react to that? Because although he's a good manager, he's not going to get bums on seats, really, and also the fact that he's not Russian. A lot of nations prefer to have their own national sort of, you know, their own citizen, if you like, of th- as the manager of their own national team. We've seen it with Allardyce in England. We saw it with Slutsky in Russia, of course, and that seemed to, you know, get people a bit more galvanized. So how would the Russian public react to uh, Berdiev there?
2: Well, I'm pretty sure that uh, <coughs> our Russian football fans want Berdiev to a head coach of Russian national team and uh i, I heard I, I see a lot of comments every day that bird should become a national team coach uh i'm not sure that media would be happy about it because uh, we know that it's a really public job you have to talk a lot you have to explain your decision and we see that after we see it on an example of Slutsky that after a year which was a disaster we it was the worst, maybe the worst tournament in the last 20 years. And then we see that uh, uh, mass media still loves Slutsky because he gives an interview uh, and says it, like, uh, s- explains everything, what happened in the team. And uh, he did it. Uh, he always did that. at CSK, it's Borne. And uh, that's why uh, he's not uh, under such pressure like... Uh, Every other, other coach, like previous coaches, like Capella or advocata whatever. So, <coughs> of course, the the pressure will be really huge, and I think, yeah, like Russian public want Verdi for Turchasov become an ex uh, national team coach right now. But uh, we don't know actually what will they will they think about the first results and w- what will be their reaction uh so uh I, i'm actually not sure what
0: what's the best choice in terms of uh the reaction mm. but andrew we've had uh, rostov players already coming out denying that he's uh denying that they're going to Sparta. we've had christian naboa come out and say this does this mm. mean rostov players they, they obviously had a good bond with Berdiev. can we see an an exodus even in the next you know how long we got to the end of the window uh, just a matter of a couple of weeks really are we going to see a big exodus or well we have to also remember that it relies on other clubs coming in and poaching those players
1: well yeah i think um i think once well once the dust settles from um departure i think a lot of clubs will be looking at rostov to think well we can you yeah, know easy pickings here um
0: take advantage of the finances as
1: well yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't imagine Rostov being much of a position to negotiate um, um, firmly for higher transfer fees. And, you know, I mean, Nuboi himself, I think he could be, I mean, the problem obviously is with nationality. Not so many clubs would go for him as a foreigner if there was another option, but he is a quality player. Um, so I think there will be an exodus. I'm sure there will be. Um maybe it might not happen all at once it might be something that will take place in the winter break or towards the end of the season when it becomes a bit clearer exactly how Rostov are surviving and who their manager has will be to replace Berdyev but um one the one i'm particularly interested in is Sardar Azmoun, um because i think this um I, and this is one of the, the the factors i think after just the pure finances that is causing headaches for Berdyev um I mean, he comes in at the end of—he comes in on loan—and the end of last season, his form was outstanding. As Moon scored what six in a row? I think it was five in a row in the league. Um, And his um, registration—the mess of his apparent double um, contract—is—is I find absolutely astounding how it's been, how he's been allowed to play in Champions League, Premier League. Um, I find. Quite unbelievable. I well, think those just... those
0: boards must see it as him having the Rostov contract and Rubin kicking up a bit of a fuss about something that they have no right over. Well, yeah. I mean, that. Could, I mean, there, there cannot be any other
1: way they're looking at it. Um, although this, and this is going to sound awful, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion they are simply just trying to plow ahead and and use the fact that he now has played for Rostov this season. People will see that, and a large part of the public who are. You know not who who haven't been up to speed with the the whole organizational mess will think oh well he must be a rostov player and just hope that it builds a groundswell of opinion that they must be right i mean it sounds a childish way to do it but um i i think that whole mess is is a real shame because as himself don't forget it's only 21 um you know he could develop into a great player and Toka, in the round table at the beginning of the season, picked out moon as potentially having a breakthrough season, um, you know, and a, a full breakthrough season. Um, so whether he would join uh, Bedev at another club, uh, to be honest, I'm not sure. I think he probably would because, you know, Rostov itself as a club is, is not it's not guaranteed with the finances and its history to be challenging for Europe. So as we must have wanted to come for bed, if you'd assume so, um, yeah, just go back to your original question, Thomas, I think, uh, I think we will see an exodus. It might take place more so in the winter break, but I'm sure we will see a lot, lot of players leave.
0: So Ilya, I wanted to come back to the point that Andrew made earlier about it's going to be a brave man to take the Rostov job. Would you, I mean, my, my thinking would be that we're going to see a name come out of the dark, really, rather than anybody we know, because anybody we know would sort of not want to damage their reputation. But on the other hand, Champions League football potentially group stages, wh- what would you say on this? Yeah, uh, you mean uh, what coach will be the next one? Yeah, do you or think s- it will be a, an unknown name, or do you think it would be someone we actually are quite familiar with? Uh,
2: well, like some time ago I read an interview of... Uh, Kobolev, a former Dynamo coach, and he said that he had, like, two or three offers from Russian clubs, so maybe Rostov is one of them. And um, Kobolev is quite experienced uh, coach, and uh, he, of course, he's uh, uh, eager to uh, become a coach uh, of such a team, and to play, some, play in Europa League, or even in Champions League, and uh, he has some experience playing in the qualifying rounds uh, in, in the Champions League with Dynamo uh, several years ago. So maybe he, he could become, like, uh, I think he's a dark horse and he may be- actually become a, a Rostov coach. Uh, as for other names, uh, as usual, Karpin, uh, maybe Alenichev. I think, uh, who knows uh, it may be quite surprising.
0: So, Andrew, would you go with? Do you think they'll go with someone out of the dark or someone a bit more known? That's what Elias seems to be suggesting.
1: I think they will be looking for someone who's at least uh, has a name of some standing. Uh, it seems to be the way they
0: they want to do things. It, it depends whether speaking. they want to go there, though, with that mess. Well, yeah, I
1: mean, it, it's. It, it's it's a very difficult one to, to call. I, I I suspect they probably will because I reckon what they'll do what they'll be thinking is right. I mean, it depends a lot, a huge amount. If they make the group stage for Champions League, I think um, if they did, they would think this is it could be potentially our last chance to use you know something like Champions League to attract in a, a top manager. Um, it depends whether they're planning long term for. Uh, you know having to deal with financial fair play repercussions and they realise look we're not going to be challenging for Europe so let's not go for a big name or whether they're being short term ambitious, I, I think they will go for somebody of reasonable standing. Um it's just simply because they've got the opportunity to do so with the, the carrot of European football. Um Kobrilev perhaps um Ilya mentions I think that could be could be a decent
0: appointment for them. So, just like I did with Spartak, just to round off the Rostov topic, if you like, I'm just going to ask for a name from both of you. So, Ilya? Uh,
2: okay, I'll go with Kobolev.
0: And Andrew, are you going to agree with that? Yes, I, I think so. I think Kobolev too. Okay, so we will wait and see. So now... We move on to the latest resignation, the third one in about four days, I think it is, and that is Igor Cherevchenko from Lokomotiv Moscow. So, of course, we have our resident locomotive expert in Ilya. Do you want to just explain what's happened here? Because there's there's no suggestion who was pushed. He has resigned, as we understand it.
2: Uh, so, yeah, th- there, was there was news about him resigning, and then we see news from uh, uh, Anatoly Maryshikova, member of the locomotive board and he says that they persuade him to stay uh, so it actually means that he hasn't yet resigned so he's his uh, resignation wasn't confirmed and uh, I, I don't know actually what to think about it we, we, we don't have a, uh, an official confirmation and uh, there are also rumors about uh, the reasons behind the uh, this decision. The latest one is about uh, Zaur Hopov, a former uh, locomotive uh, keeper and goalkeeper coach that Travchenko wanted to bring him back and board was against it, so that's why he resigned. Um, so, yeah, we, had, we have to wait a little bit and maybe uh, when this podcast is uploaded, we already know the official statement. We have official statement for the
0: club or from Travchenko. Yeah, we probably will. But, Andrew, the whole... This, out of the three resignations, this was arguably the most predictable, but it, it came latest.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of talk um, towards the end of last season about Cherovchenko's position being unstable. And as soon as there was talk of Olga Smarovskaya leaving, um, that just automatically puts into question the the status of the manager of, of any club. If, it, you know, if you've got your managing director, president... Um, Leaving, they you know the new person coming in often wants to bring in their own person. So um, yeah, it's this. It's not the most surprising. The only again like the other two, the only thing surprising for me is just simply the timing of it. Um, I mean, you know, the first first game of the season a nil nil away at, at Swansea is, is an excellent result for any club. Um, so you know, it's, I think it seems okay, fair enough. Losing a, a two nil lead to to Tom. Tom Tomsk is not the best but ah um, uh, it's, it's not surprising um, and and again it's another case of well who would who would want to step into into the position with the uncertainty off the pitch and um, I'm sure Ilya will have uh, his preferences and will be able to tell us who he thinks will come in but um, yeah the least surprising um, by by some distance that long.
0: so Ilya, although Chenovchenk has not been officially confirmed say it is confirmed. Apart from the situation with the goalkeeping coach, that's quite an b- abstract reason, really, with something to do with the lack of transfer activity, have frustrated him.
2: Uh, well, yeah, mm, maybe. Although uh, we all know that Smarozka, it's uh, she's probably leaving uh, uh, this week, uh, so uh, he could expect uh, expect some transfer activity. He cou- could expect that. Things change because uh, there are rumors that he's not satisfied with uh, Henty because he wanted the forward, and Henty is actually a winger. So he, he now has to play him as a forward. And, uh, that, that's not good for Lokomotiv's football, of course. So uh, it, it's quite sh- it, it wasn't expected decision because. Uh, after Smarozka, he, he could wait until the, the new president uh, comes in charge and uh, brings his team, and uh, then they will actually find new place and maybe they will suit him better. And uh, now his decision to leave uh, before these changes happen in the club is—I I don't know what's behind it. Maybe he wasn't happy about the game against Tom and he decided that he can't be a football coach or maybe it's a hop-off situation, but uh, I don't think that uh, this transfer situation is, is the reason because he, he could just wait. He needed to wait, I think, one day because the decision will be tomorrow. It, it was uh, said that they will tomorrow decide that Smarovski is leaving.
0: But you say he could have waited, but it's getting towards the end of the window now. So he's he's already waited a couple of months. He probably thought, oh, forget this. Uh, well,
2: yeah, but still, uh, Teraf is not uh, Berdief or Emery or you know, Willis Bosch. He's not a coach who could just say, okay, mm, I, I don't get the transfers I, I wanted, so I'm leaving and Join another club. Locomotive is his first club, so it will be hard for him to find a new job. And uh, actually, if we see rumors, if we see news uh, statements from uh, the board that they persuade him to stay, it means that they trust him and uh, they won't fire him. And even if Locomotive won't be able to fight for Champions League sports or Europa League sports, and uh, it so, so it means that, yeah, they that, that they trust him and that even if he doesn't get the players he wants, uh, he, he can still uh, stay in the club and even show th- the worst results than their last season. And uh, Now if he's leaving, he it will be hard for him to get a job even in the Premier League maybe. I, I can't imagine a team who would... Uh, uh, Invite Tarasenko because he, he had only as one season maybe season and a half and uh, haven't showed anything. The Russian Cup he won uh, it was just one game in the final, and uh, I think any team from the bottom would uh, prefer a more experienced
0: coach like Pavlov in Arsenal. So so yeah. Andrew, I will come to you in a minute, but I just want to take advantage of having Ilya here. Um, of course. <laughs> <the> <laughs> so, Ilya, being a locomotive fan, what is your personal opinion on this whole situation? I mean, would you be happy to see Cherevchenko stay, or, I mean, what would you think of this?
2: Yeah, I, I wanted him to stay. And First time against firing a coach after uh, one season, that I think that every coach should get at least two or three years Uh And second, actually, he was doing quite good because they sold Nyasa in the winter and bought uh, a winger as a replacement. And uh, now he has only two central defenders after Durca left, and still he's able to play nil-nil against Zenit. And uh, also, I, I see... What he thinks about? Who, I, I see his football. that well remember how they played against Sporting. I well remember how they played against uh, Russia's strong teams like Zenit, CSK. So uh, I can see his tactics. I can see his strategy. And his his only problem right now is that locomotive is uh, locomotive's lack of uh, creativity uh, and. I think he should get the time to solve this problem. Even with the players he has right now, maybe bring some young players uh, uh, like uh, he did with Jamal Adinev at the end of last year. Uh, Lachman has uh, uh, a lot of uh, young talents he could uh, use. So I think, yeah, Turek should be given uh, another year and uh, whatever the results will be, I think uh, he shouldn't leave the club uh, before Uh, the end of this season.
0: Okay, so Andrew, with Ilya possibly saying the decision could be reversed and actually him and maybe a few other locomotive fans would be quite happy for that, the way I'm thinking is surely his heart is not in it anymore if he's offered his resignation.
1: You'd have to imagine so. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering whether it might be something, if not so much about the lack of transfers coming in, but the the sale of um, Gemma Letdinov as an example of, you know, Ilya mentions the, he, you know, he's looking for needs more creativity um, and, you know, a young winger off he goes to Rubin. Um, I wonder, I wonder how that transfer actually happened. Um, whether he was overruled about letting him go because it was the, I can't remember how much it was, what, 200,000 euros. Um, it wasn't a big transfer fee from what I remember, um and i can imagine if he was genuinely looking to build you know young creative side um that would have disappointed him perhaps it's something to do with that um i mean I've, i i read this morning a comment from uh, yuri semen saying that if he was offered the job he would uh he would consider it which um well, I mean, I'd say that sounds like a, a safe appointment um, if they did. Um, I wonder, actually, Ilya, if you don't mind me asking you, what would you say about Yuri Semin coming back? Would you prefer Cherovchenko to be given more of a chance, or or would you would you be curious to see Semin come back?
2: Yeah, I'm actually against Semin coming back, because his uh, latest results don't uh, actually persuade me, and Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm for. So I, I, actually, I, I'm against Tarasenko leaving. I'm I'm not sure about him uh, as a coach. Maybe he's actually not that good. Maybe his level is lower than Summon's. But I think he should be given some time. As for Summon, uh, his last success was in. What, what year was that, like 2009 with Dinamo Kiev, then we saw him uh, some uh, teams from the bottom of Premier League. Yeah, he, he wasn't quite good, but nothing outstanding. Uh, and uh, I, I would be happy to see him uh, as a member of of the team, I mean, uh, a member of the club, maybe president's assistant, like like a sporting assist, like Korneev was in uh, uh, Zenit. Uh, so the same role for Simon and uh, the club. As as for coach, I would prefer some other people, like like Berdia, for example.
0: Well, I think I think everybody wants Birdiev to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, back to the, the locomotive thing. The Smarodskaya thing is. Um, um, this is all relevant to the whole situation, is it, Andrew? Do we think that locomotive could actually, with this whole chaos that's going on, have a, a terrible season?
1: Well, to, uh, uh, to be honest with you, I think it, it, it could even be a, a positive thing. I mean, Smarodskaya is has not been, well. To use the massive understatement has not been the most popular. Um, of present of course, will be able to tell us more about his opinions on her. Um, so I mean, if they make a sensible appointment as her replacement, somebody who's got a clear plan for how to develop and, and, and make the finances stable, it, it may end up being a good thing. Um, I mean, I think just the, the one thing that is not good is the uncertainty and the lack of information, and the you know, at this time. With only two weeks before the end of the tr- or two three weeks before the end of the transfer window, this is exactly the time you do not want to be having this this whole saga. If it had been played out a month two months ago, it could have been resolved by now and could have had a slightly clearer direction. But in the long term, I I don't think it will be I don't think it'll be a disastrous season at all. I think. Um, it a lot does depend on the appointment, but I can't believe an appointment could be worse um, in terms of the lack of harmony around the club that Smirnovsky has overseen. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be too I wouldn't be too negative about it. I think it it, it might work out better in fact for Loco.
0: Well, Ilya, Andrew asked the question. Just briefly, can you sum up why Smarodská is not popular with the locomotive faithful? <laughs> it's really. <laughs>
2: Uh, hard to sum up everything. Yeah, first, <laughs> just a few
0: key points would be okay.
2: Uh, well, uh, first, uh, when you try to wipe out the water spilled on the table with the club scarf, that not doesn't make you popular among the locomotive fans. That's really one of the main reason why she's not popular. Every every locomotive fan remembers that case when you spilled out water and used, uh, used the locomotive scarf to get uh, yeah, to, to wipe it out. So uh, I think we shouldn't... Uh, yeah, so, so that, that's one of the reasons. Another reason is that uh, actually lack of stri- strategy because she brings a new coach every year and it's hard for me to understand the logic of this coach. Like, first she fires uh, Salmon, then she breeds Cosero, who uses a lot of uh, young players, and he actually did quite good with that. He had guys like Podburaskin, Belev, and Then uh, he is fired. She invites Billage, you know, just the opposite strategy. Uh, the, uh, Really, an unexperienced coach at the moment. Then she brings Kuchuk as a replacement. So, Kuchuk and Bilic, the two different coaches, like two different uh, views on football. And uh, then she brings Bozovic instead of him. Uh, So, Kuchuk is famous for his tactics, and Bozovic is famous for his relations with players then she brings a young experienced coach uh, who is actually popular among fans and i think that was one of the decision one of the reasons why she brought in trafchinka to to just make fans happy because they still like him doesn't matter he doesn't get the results they want uh, like a trash like for uh, strategy in terms of transfers. So the players, locomotives buys the th- they buy Diarra and Sufa for 30 million. Then they don't have money. They gotta sell and buy some players like I- Ignatiev. Looks almost like situation at Dynamo, and uh, it's uh, w- we are lucky that we're not in a, an F- FNL right now because. Uh, with that, with such strategy, uh, we could be uh, we, we could replace them this year, so uh, I think these are the reasons why people don't like Smarovsk, and actually, I remember the attitude of Russian media w- when she was hired, and in her first two or three years, and they tried to defend uh, uh, Smarovsk, they said that she's uh, the only uh, the, the only man in Russian football with the balls because of her <laughs> because of her statements because of her decisions uh, but right now I think even all media uh, is are all, all people who all journalists are uh, against her and write articles about her mistakes because uh, there are a lot of them and uh, uh, whoever becomes a new president I think he would be more popular,
0: at least for first one or two years so, yeah Well, we'll see that decision and wait in anticipation but, I mean, because Ilya mentions that Cherovchenko might still be staying I'm going to leave that question about who you think Closed, But the thing I'm going to come to you quickly, Andrew, just before we finish, is you've mentioned it on several occasions, is the timing of all these resignations Mm -hmm. after you've had a whole preseason right at the start of the season is incredibly odd. Well, it's
1: it's all the more odd given how short the league season is. I mean, we've had two games. Two games doesn't sound like much, but that's, you know, that's that's 7% of the season gone already. And there's Um, European
0: fixtures as well in there.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's... It's, it's a it's a very there's very little margin for error in the, you know in the Russian domestic calendar um to to make an impression um so it's it's just quite it's quite astounding um, I, I I think what really needs to happen is um, club presidents need to be held more accountable to boards of directors in Russia at the moment because it seems like well I mean I cannot believe a board who were you know, in con- connection underneath Marovskaya, um, could have been happy with how she's, you know, how she's directed things. They surely can see the mess that she's leading them towards, and yet, so, so I can't believe they would have wanted to leave it till two weeks into the season. Um, so I, I don't know how you can, uh, you can really get around that because, you know, once people get in positions of power by people they know. Um, Smurzga, I don't know exactly what her history is, but she must have, you know, reasonably strong connections to get to this point. Um, so yeah, the timing of things is is what's killing clubs. I um, I actually think things like financial fair play are, I think, a good thing, and I think they're starting to filter through. Well, um, it will put pressure on rash transfer um, policies, and it will force clubs to well, in the end, live within their means, which is what fans want to see. They don't want to see their clubs crash and burn. Um, I mean, Dino and Moscow this season, I think it's a great example. I think it's the best thing that could have happened to them. Um, they're absolutely flying in the Fennell. Without question, they will go up, and almost certainly as champions of the second tier, um, with players that will now have played together for two years, if not longer, if you count the youth system. And by the time they go up, they've, they will have shed a large part of the wage bill, and they should be able to afford one or two good stars to put them near the top of the table. So, um, yeah, change is good, is all I can say. It cannot It cannot get much more disorganised than it is right now for, for, for Loco, unfortunately, and Rostov for that matter. So um, I'm going to try and be positive this time. I'm usually negative on these podcasts at the end, but I'm going to be positive. And say so I think this will be a good thing
0: for both clubs in the long term. I was going to say that is a perfect way to end the podcast, so I think we're going to round it off there. Again, Ilya, thank you. Your locomotive insight, and of course, the other clubs is excellent as always. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys for inviting me. There's no problem. And Andrew, thank you, as per usual, anchoring that midfield, clearing up any danger.
1: (laughs) No problem, anytime.
0: Okay, perfect. Okay, so subscribe to this podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, the website, of course, russianfootballnews.com, at... Ross Football News on Twitter and Russian Football News is the Facebook page. So just keep reading the articles, there's stuff going up on there all the time. Check out the Twitter feed and just keep listening to this podcast. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>